is bearing me my shame who could carry that kind away it was my soul till I met
such an awesome time of worship. But we want to continue in our worship this morning through giving. We try to make that as easy as possible for you here. So you can either go to our website or our mobile app to give. It's time to jump into the Word with Pastor Mike. We're really excited to hear what he has to say, so let's head on over. Welcome to MVCC. Once again, thrilled that you're here with us around the word. We'll get to that in just a second. I want to say just to all the moms out there, grandmas, moms-to-be, just thank you, thank you, thank you celebrating this Mother's Day and how much you have meant to all of us. I know I can speak on behalf of our uh, community here at Mission Vale Christian. We just honor and thank God for you. And so I hope this is a very special day for you. We're in the middle of a series called Ready or Not through the book of 2 Thessalonians. And I just want to share with you, this message is not for the faint of heart. It's not for uh, those who really don't want to be poked and prodded and convicted. This is some hard stuff, but I believe we need it. Uh, we are living in difficult times. We're living in times where there's 
persecution and opposition and just a lot going on. And I think there's a lot of spiritual battles that are happening that often we're not aware of. And so we've got to make a decision. Are we going to engage in warfare? Are we going to engage in battle? Or are we just going to kind of set back, take it easy, fall into a place of maybe being apathetic, not really being on the front lines? And eventually, something I don't want to see from anyone is that eventually the possibility of falling away is a very real thing. We don't want that to happen. So the question is, how do we live a life that is steadfast, immovable, unshakable, living a life for Jesus Christ where we have our feet fitted to the Word of God and to our faith in Jesus Christ? How do we live that way so that we don't fall away? Now remember, last week we looked in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 about the Antichrist that would come. In fact, the Bible tells us that the spirit of the Antichrist is already at work. It's already setting the scene in the world. So when the Antichrist comes, we believe, you know, depending on different uh, opinions about this, but uh, from uh, the things that I've studied that the Bible tells us that believers will be raptured out before the Antichrist comes in great tribulation. Hopefully that's the way it happens. We'll be raptured out. The Antichrist comes three and a half years of bliss. Three and a half years of then hell on earth. He will declare himself as God in the temple. A lot of bad things will be going on. It'll be really, really difficult to remain faithful in Christ during that time. But, uh, and then Christ will come in the second coming, and that's going to be an awesome day. But until that time, we want to live our lives in a steadfast way that just is, is hungry for God. We're thirsting for God. We're seeking after the heart of Jesus. And in all circumstances, man, we're always looking for God. So I've entitled this particular message in verses um, 13 to 17 out of 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. I've entitled this, um, Men, Your Post. How do I live a life that's steadfast in Christ? His name was Lieutenant Michael Strobel. He served in the United States Marine Corps in the Iraqi War. Unfortunately, um, giving his life for his country, he lost a battle and he died. He was killed on the battlefield. Um, so bringing his body home from that war was um, a very big undertaking. And his family wanted his body, his remains, home as quickly as possible. Well, there was another Marine by the name of Chance Phillips who um, understood that this was uh, a very um, uh, situation, the circumstance was very unique about his death and how he died for his country. So he requested to his commanding officer, he said, I would like to, if it's okay with you, I would like to have the honor to escort the body home um, of uh, the Marine, the lost Marine. So he granted him his request. They actually made a movie about this, and um, my understanding was very accurate on how they portrayed the real-life story. But from the moment that his body left that war zone all the way home to the United States, um, Chance Phelps um, guarded and escorted the body of his fallen brother and never left his side. Whether it was on a bus, whether it was on a plane, whether it was a convoy, bringing the body home to his family. There was one particular scene that I will always remember, that there was a airplane hangar that overnight they were going to catch another plane. And so the body of a fallen hero was in, for one evening was in this hangar, this airport hangar. And his Marine Corps brother laid down a blanket and laid and spent the night right next to his coffin 
never left his post. He never left. He was steadfast, unwavering, and immovable. I, I, I say all that to say that that illustration really spoke to me about our spiritual life. How do we live in such a way that we are steadfast, that we don't leave our post? You know, the Bible talks about in the book of Thessalonians, in chapter 2, in fact, that there will be what the Bible calls a great falling away, that people of faith in Jesus Christ will be deceived by the enemy and will fall away. So the question is, we don't, we don't want to be deceived, so how can we remain steadfast on the Word of God and in our faith? I, I have a concern, before we get to the Scripture, I have just a concern about um, our society and where we're at with COVID and everybody, everything opening up once again. I know that's the term that's being used. Everything's opening back up. Here's my concern is I'm already hearing conversations like, um, man, can't wait till we get back to Disneyland. Can't wait till we can go back to the theater, restaurants, concerts, going to the beach, just community events and parties and just getting back to the way it was. Here's my concern. It's not about the fact that it's opening up again. I'm glad for that. Thank God we can back, get back to, you know, services once again indoors in our building. But here's the thing I'm concerned about is that we go back to the norm of that spiritual state that I believe that the church of Jesus Christ in America is just generally apathetic to the fire and passion of following Jesus Christ and being so absolutely devoted and committed that we are steadfast in our faith. I don't want us to go back to the way it was, in a sense, spiritually. I, I, I think the shakeup that we had a little bit was, was a good thing because it, it caused those who really devoted to Jesus Christ, am I really going to worship Him even in an unfamiliar, difficult, uncomfortable situation? Am I going to live my faith? Am I going to share my faith with other people even though... Christianity, the way that it was, is, is different now. It just really caused us to think, and I, I don't want us to slide back into this kind of comfortable mode. So I, I hope that won't be the case, that we're just kind of easing God out because we're so busy, distracted, getting back to normal with all the things that we have here in the OC. I hope that's not the case. I hope that you have a conviction in your heart. The city of Thessalonica here, the church was actually doing really well. They were faithful to the Lord. They had a lot of questions. Paul writes to a context here of their questions, and he actually does a lot of encouraging here about their love that they had for one another, the fact that they were living faith, hope, and love. We read that in 1 Thessalonians. Now he addresses a very specific issue with some questions that they had about, man, we thought Jesus Christ already came and we missed it. We thought the Antichrist that you told us about, Paul, the Apostle Paul who wrote the letter, we thought that he had already come, so we, we, we missed him. We, we we're in the middle of all this persecution. Is the Antichrist here now? So all those questions, that's why Paul writes to the very fact about the Antichrist and tribulation. Again, he wants them to understand that God has a perfect timing. Those things haven't happened yet, and he wanted them to know the order of that. So it's with all that, I want to read verses 13 to 17 here in chapter 2. I hope you have your Bibles. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13. But we ought always, Paul says to thank God for you. Do you see how he, he's encouraging them? We thank God for you. We thank God for the community of believers. We thank God for the church in Thessalonica. Brothers and sisters, loved by, loved by the Lord, because God chose you as first fruits to be saved through the sanctifying work of the Spirit and through belief in the truth, He called you to this through our gospel, that you might share in the glory of 
of our Lord Jesus Christ. There are five things here. If you're taking some notes, man, I want you to get this. If you are a Christ follower or maybe you're just watching this, maybe kind of checking things out. Is Christianity real? What about this guy named Jesus? Was he really God in flesh? And maybe you're just kind of embarking on maybe putting, putting your trust in Christ. There are five things I want you to know out of this text. It's so simple, yet it's so, it's so deep. Number one is this. You and me, we are, he says here, loved by God. Did you see that? Verses one to two, we are loved by God. Secondly, he reminds us we are chosen by God. We have been saved by God. We have been sanctified by God, meaning that we are being changed in the likeness of Christ day by day. And number five is we've been called by God. Those are huge. If we can let those sink in, not only to the heart, but to the mind, it can transform us from the inside out so that we don't fall away and we live a steadfast life in Christ. We are loved by God, chosen by God, saved by God, sanctified by God, and called by God. That's heavy-duty stuff. I mean, that is epic. That is life-changing. It's transformational. So I hope that you're just following along with me in that. And then he goes on to say this, So then, brothers and sisters, because you know this now, so then, brothers and sisters, stand firm and hold fast to the teachings we passed on to you, whether by word of mouth or by letter. May our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who loved us and by his grace gave us eternal encouragement and good hope, encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good deed and word. Basically, he's admonishing, he's encouraging believers in Christ, man, stand firm. Now I can see why the devil who the Antichrist, the enemy, doesn't want you to stand firm. He doesn't want you to move forward. He wants you to move backward. He wants you to fall away. He doesn't want you to know that you can walk in freedom because you are loved by God, called by God, chosen by God, sanctified God by God, and saved by God. So really, the bottom line is the enemy, if you're a believer in Christ, he's afraid of you. I believe that because in Galatians, it tells us Christ in you, the hope of glory. Satan knows you have Christ in your heart if you are a Christ follower. And so he's, he's afraid of you. That's why he's going to pull everything out possible, his arsenal, to get you and I to fall away. Now, I believe maybe some of you listening to this have given some territory to the enemy that maybe just getting apathetic and comfortable. We've kind of gotten into a place where we're easing God out and um, we've given up some of that ground and territory. I want to encourage you to take that back by being steadfast in your faith, standing on the word, and we're going to talk about how to do that in just a moment. So, let's not just make a living, let's make a life. I don't want us just to, maybe you're listening to this or watching this thing, you know, I'm just kind of making a living, going to work, going to school, you know, preparing for the future, preparing for retirement. Um, We're just kind of going about the motions, living life instead of making a life in Jesus Christ. So the question is, how do I man my post? How do I remain steadfast in my faith? Well, Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 26, verse 41. He's told his disciples, look, I want you guys to watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So Jesus is reminding us, look, I know there's going to be moments where you're going to feel weak. You're going to feel like you're going to fall backwards. You feel like you may fall away, but I I want you to remain in me, remain steadfast. 
And that word watch is, is a direct command from Jesus. And that really, what's the message about? What is Paul saying? What was the message of Missionary Christian Church about this week out of 2 Thessalonians 2? It was about watching our life. Verse 28 of Acts 20 says this, Keep watch over yourselves and the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he brought, bought with his own blood. I, I like that because here's kind of the overtone of that. He's talking to church leaders, obviously, about shepherding, love the people, watch for them, care for them. Make sure that you are making sure that they're getting good spiritual food to eat and they're walking with Jesus, the chief shepherd. But if we are a father, grandfather, business owner, uh, manager, um, employee, um, married, single, whatever season of life we're in, I believe that God's given us the calling to be overseers of someone else in our life, but also to oversee our own soul, to watch our own life. Watch and pray. Why did he say that? I think because he was wanting to shake it up for us so that we would be steadfast in our faith, not steadfast in our comfort zone, not being steadfast in the way that I like church services to be, not the way that I think Jesus is, is saying this, but just taking Jesus at his word completely in obedience and surrender, saying, these are my marching orders. I will mend my post. I will remain steadfast. Question is, how do we do that? Number one is this. I think it's watching our words. Life and breath come from the tongue. There's something powerful about words. Now, when I say that, watching our words, I, I, sometimes we might run to the fact of, well, I, I got to make sure I don't say the wrong words. And I think there's something to that. You know, we don't want coarse words coming out of our mind because, or out of our, our mouth because it could lead somebody astray from Christ. But I think more than that, it's what words am I listening to? What am I watching that I'm taking into my life? Maybe words that you've believed all your life that are a lie from the enemy, you'll never make it. Um, that's only for certain people. Um, God really can't do the supernatural anymore. Um, you'll never accomplish anything for God. God knows your past, present, and future, and so God's not going to call you to do something great for Him. God doesn't really do those miracles, and God really can't come through in this situation. It's just too big. God is dead. And maybe we've listened to some of that stuff, and we've bought into it. So I, I want to encourage you to speak words of life. Watching the words that come into my mind, come into my heart, who I'm hanging out with, but I'm also watching the words that I'm speaking. Number two is this. I'm watching my attitude. Watch your attitude. Attitude is everything. We know that. Psalm chapter 1, verse 1, when David wrote down these words, he said, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers. Basically, man, i got to watch who I'm hanging with. If I'm hanging with negative people all the time, it's going to rub off of me, and I'm going to become negative. I, I like hanging out with people who have an attitude that God can do this. Or God's will is a perfect will. And people who see the possibilities, people who see the positive. Man, you start hanging out with people who can't see what God can do, we, we start acting like that. So I just think it's really clear to watch our own life means we watch our attitude. Number three is this, watching for temptation. Didn't Jesus say that? So 1 Peter 5.8, watching for temptation is to be alert, sober mind. 1 Peter 5.8, your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour, but resist him standing firm in 
the faith. Not standing firm in my faith, because sometimes my faith fails, but standing firm in the faith, Christianity, the Word of God, the truth of God. Number four is this, watching our character. Here's a question I have. Integrity and character means a lot. Can people in your life trust you to do the right thing? There was a pastor who was um, asked to speak at a city council meeting. He was well known in his city. The church was growing and he was just, everybody kind of knew who he was. And so they, it was an honor for him to be asked to go into the city council meeting and have a short prayer. And here was what they said. Uh, we really want you to pray, pastor, to lead, you know, our city in a council meeting, but we don't want you to pray in the name of Jesus. So he thought about that because he wanted to do the right thing. He wanted to be a man of character. He did not want to compromise and he wanted to be a man of integrity. So here's what he did. He decided to pray and here's how his prayer went. I love this. Um, Lord Jesus, these folks have asked me to pray, but not to pray in your name. But I'm going to talk to you right now because I know that I have, I have access through Jesus Christ. And because I have access through Jesus Christ, I pray for all these people in the city council meeting that they would know that they're loved by you, God, that they're called by you to follow you, that they're called by you to receive salvation, and they can be saved of everything they've ever done wrong. I believe, Jesus, that you died on a cross and rose again for every single person. Would you please tell them in your own way of how much you love them and want relationship with them? Amen. I just, I just love that because it was bold. It was holding true to character. It wasn't falling back or fearful. And I just believe God works in those moments when we have character and integrity and we do the right thing. Pay our taxes. Tell the truth. And when we don't do those things, being willing to be repentive and asking for forgiveness. The last one here is to watch our house. Watch your house. Meaning watch those who are under your care. Brothers, sisters, parents, grandparents, children, nephews. Whatever the situation is, watch our house. I love for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Can't lose my family. Got to make sure that my families were all together following Jesus Christ. We got to watch over that. I think um, if we think of our family or our loved ones or people that we're with as a small mini life group, life groups are what we have at Mission Vale Christian Church to build community and faith. And we can lean against one another and do life together and learn the word of God together and grow together. And I just, my encouragement is, what Jesus said about standing firm is that we watch our life. I hope this has been encouraging for you. Um, next week, we'll be back in the Word again. We always have our services at 10 a.m. on Sundays. We would love to see you here. If we can do anything for you, uh, we always are here at Michigan Christian Church for you. We'll look forward to seeing you again next week. And have a great Mother's Day. God bless.